You know, things really do just continue to get more ridiculous with each passing day. The world is truly upside down. I was driving up here to the office this morning, and so I decided I would turn on the fan. Now, I don't usually follow sports that much anymore. I've become rather disgusted with it. Um, but I've been watching it ever since the Super Bowl. I mean, I've been listening to it ever since the Super Bowl because I wanted to see, as I described on Tuesday's show, what the reaction would be uh, following Tom Brady's victory. And as I predicted, there wasn't much of a reaction at all. Uh, I turned on the, the radio at 8 o'clock on Monday morning, the day after the Super Bowl, and they're talking about some pitcher who used to be for the, play for the New York Mets, I believe, and how he was playing the Mets for suckers just so he could get more money out of the Dodgers. And that insanity continued today. Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie Dury, and welcome to another National Preview Online podcast. If you'd like to subscribe to the show and you have not already done so, please do so. We ask that you do so. Simply go to the iTunes App Store, the Google Play Store, depending which device you use, and search for the NPO podcast. You can also download the Podbean app, our hosting service, available in either store, and subscribe that way. Any way you subscribe, the advantages are the same. You will be notified whenever a new episode is uploaded, and you will be able to make comments and write reviews of the show. And we really do ask that you give us a review, hopefully in the Google Play Store, or the iTunes App Store, our big markets, uh, because that will allow the show to be discovered more readily by people searching for new news commentary content, and that way the show will grow. In the coming weeks, we're going to be adding a lot of things. Uh, one of them will be a live podcast feature with a call-in line, or you can actually call into the show, and that feature is going to be something special. We're only going to make that available uh, to members who subscribe. It may be a, a paid broadcast. It will be available to everyone subsequent to the actual broadcast uh, when we upload it onto the site. But if you want um, to actually participate in it, at the time we are making the broadcast and doing the show, uh, that will require something else. We think that's pretty fair, and it's a way that will enable us to monetize the show, not where we're going to make a fortune or make a living off of it, but where we'll have some income that we can turn into advertising so that we can expand the show, because a little advertising in cyberspace goes a long way. So what do I mean it continues today? Well, I was listening to the fan and um, they were talking about Brady, and they were saying that uh, they think he enjoyed a lot of public uh, support and enthusiasm because people didn't like Bill Belichick, and they wanted to see uh, what would be the result of Tom Brady playing uh, you know, without Belichick, without the Patriots in the system. And he brought that team up, and he won his seventh Super Bowl ring, which is still mind-boggling uh, any way you look at it. But now that he's done that, now that he's proven that it wasn't all Belichick, that it was Brady, and that he was able to do it, uh, next year the people are going to oppose him. He's just not going to be that popular. And then she went off on a tangent, this announcer. I didn't catch her name because I didn't hear it, uh, the conversation from the beginning. But she was going, well, we, we know that these racially diverse and gender diverse teams and organizations, they, they're 
the most successful. They have studies. They have studies that prove it. It's proven. Look, is, is it nice to have racial diversity? Absolutely. Is it uh, make people feel better? Absolutely. Is that the primary thing we should be looking for when we're trying to build a successful business company or team? No. There's only one thing you're looking for when you're trying to build the best company or team. Looking for the best people for the job. We don't care what their color is. We don't care if they're all white. We don't care if they're all black. We don't care if they're all men. We don't care if they're all women. We don't care if they're all Asian, Martian. We don't care. All we care is that they're the best. That's what drives it. And if anyone thinks anything else is driving it in professional sports, well, then they're nuts. I told you on Tuesday's show when I did the racial analysis of the NFL and the NBA, the overwhelming percentage of the players in the NFL are black. Only 27.7% of all the players are white. And if we start breaking it down by position, it's very interesting how the people who bemoan the lack of uh, more black quarterbacks uh, spectacularly allow to go unnoticed the fact that there are other positions in which there are virtually no white players. As I said on Tuesday, I'll reiterate for those who didn't hear the broadcast, an old odds maker, bookmaker, I want to call him, once told me that there are only two positions in the NFL where injuries to the starting lineup result in the line, the betting line on the game to change. And that is the quarterback or the cornerbacks, the defensive backs because those are the best athletes on the field, generally. They are the positions, therefore, that most teams have the least bench strength in. And if you think about it, intuitively, it makes sense. How many teams in the NFL have a second-string quarterback who's anywhere near as good as their first-string quarterback? It's an extremely difficult position. There aren't that many people in the world capable of playing it at an NFL competitive level. Ditto for the cornerbacks. Speed, coverage, endurance. Incredible athletes in the cornerback position. And so while everybody's focusing on the attention given to maybe a paucity of black athletes in the quarterback position, nobody is talking about the lack of non-black athletes or white athletes in other positions. And I don't mention this because I I really care personally. I do it simply to highlight the hypocrisy of those who are making the opposite argument. There are 175 players in the National Football League who are cornerbacks, defensive backs. 175. 170 of those cornerbacks are black. So I would ask the little lady on the fan How's that diversity working for you in the cornerback position? I mean, if it makes organizations better, 
it stands to reason that diversity should make the positions better as well. So does anyone really want to make the argument that we would improve the overall level of play in the NFL and the cornerback position if we took away some of those black cornerbacks and cornerbacks and replaced them with white cornerbacks? Does anyone really want to sit here and argue with me and tell me that the cornerback position in the NFL is not being played to the limit of what it could be because of the fact that 170 of the 175 men who occupy those positions happen to be black? I wouldn't make that argument. I think the reason why 170 of the 175 men are black simply is because they happen to be the best people for that position. Now, why people can't accept that for other positions is quite beyond me. And it's not just in the cornerback position. The running backs. I think there are 120 running backs I quoted the other day in the NFL. 105 of them or 104 of them are African-American. Does anyone want to sit here and argue with me and tell me that we need to have more white running backs, that the diversity is just not working for us, it's not diverse enough? If we can spread a little more diversity in there, we'd probably get better play. Please, don't make me laugh. Ditto for the NBA. Overwhelming majority of the players in the NBA are black. Does that mean that it's not diverse enough, that we can improve the play by putting more white players in? I mean... How how ridiculous, how, how, to what extreme do you wish to take this insanity? It doesn't make any sense at all. And now it's gotten to the point of lunacy. The world's upside down. But it's not just sports where the world's upside down. There's a lot of things. Now, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, is in the news pushing back on just one such insanity. There are people that are now talking about putting travel restrictions on people from Florida because of the uh, coronavirus. Because they think that the Floridians or the Floridian government isn't doing enough. And so therefore, people from Florida who pose a risk. um, It's an unconstitutional thing, according to the governor, and I agree. He said at a press conference, I think it's an absurd report that they would be doing that. I think it would be unconstitutional, it would be unwise, and it would be unjust. Miami Herald reported Wednesday that the Biden administration is considering whether to impose domestic travel restrictions, including on Florida, to stem the spread of the UK variant. The Center for Disease Control says it is monitoring the UK variant, known as B117, which has recently surged in Florida and California, where over a third of all cases in the United States have been identified. Now, mind you, this variant, this UK variant, from what I understand, isn't any more lethal than the original COVID-19. It just seems to be a little more contagious, but it's not more lethal. Meanwhile, DeSantis said he's unclear why the Biden administration would target Florida for restrictions, given that the pandemic is far worse in other states. And here's the big argument, which came to mind, and the governor made it already, but it would come to mind to me and any sane person. The southern border, courtesy of Sleepy Joe, is permitting illegal immigrants to come in this country. So let me get this straight. 
You want to take American citizens, taxpaying lawful residents of the United States, living in one of the most populous states in this country, Florida, and you want to sanction them and prevent them from traveling to other states. But you want to let people who have no business coming here, no right to come here, coming from third world dumps with all manner of disease, diseases beyond COVID-19, which we had eradicated from the United States, like tuberculosis and a host of others. But you want them to come here. That's okay. This is why the world is upside down. And the governor said, if you think about it, restricting the right of Americans to travel freely throughout our country while allowing illegal aliens to pour across the southern border unmolested would be a ridiculous but very damaging farce. So we will oppose it 100% because it would not be based in science. It would purely be a political attack against the people of Florida. And it's unclear why they would even try talking about that. Very difficult to argue with that position on the part of Governor Ron DeSantis. It really is. Meanwhile, we have other lunacy in the making. The new defense secretary, the the general that was retired, who's all in favor of transgenders and uh, lunatics like that going into the military, is calling for the military to stand down. Defense Secretary Austin, retired Army General Lloyd Austin specifically, uh, ordered a DOD-wide stand-down to address extremism in the ranks on Wednesday. And I I don't really know why we have to have a stand-down to address extremism in the ranks, and I don't know that we have extremism in the ranks. But former U.S. Navy Lieutenant Commander Stephen Rogers weighed in on this on Thursday, Uh, saying that this order by Secretary of Defense Austin for the military to stand down to address extremism is, quote, unprecedented, unnecessary, and a dangerous road that leads to communist China. This, to me, is dangerous. It looks like a political litmus test, and it's a road that you would only find in communist China or the former Soviet Union. You have to agree with that. Conservatives now can't serve in the military. Anybody that opposes the democratic or left-leaning agenda, you're an extremist. You've got to go. People who went to the Capitol on January 6th, very dangerous, extremists, got to go. But the people who were raping, pillaging, and plundering major cities in this country, all because a man who formally committed a home invasion and held a gun to the stomach of a pregnant woman... Uh, died in police custody when he was arrested for passing a counterfeit bill, uh, tore up the whole country. These people aren't extreme. That wasn't an overreaction. No, No, that wasn't an overreaction at all. That was just the uh, justifiable outrage. But it wasn't overreaction. Only people who are conservative, who stormed the Capitol, who were white, they're the extremists. There's no other extremists. Antifa, the people you see peacefully protesting with black hoods and carrying mace and spraying people and keeping collapsible batons, which are in and of themselves illegal, only allowed for law enforcement. They're, they're not uh, extreme in any way, shape or form. Uh, black Lives Matter organization, 
uh, you know, the one that has fundraising done by Susan Rosenberg, the former um, Weather Underground domestic terrorist and Black Liberation Army domestic terrorist who was sentenced to 57 years in federal prison for possession of explosives and was an uncharged conspirator in the escape of Joanne Chesimard and the Brinks armored car robbery in Rockland County that claimed the lives of two police officers and a Brinks guard. Now, these people are not extreme in any way, shape, or form, but people like Ashley Babbitt, a 14-year Air Force veteran who go to Washington to protest peacefully because they think their election was stolen, and there's more than ample evidence to indicate that it was, she gets shot for her trouble by a Capitol police officer who shot at her when she was flanked by at least half a dozen other uniformed police officers will be shot into a crowd of cops. She's the extremist. She wasn't the victim of extremism. She's the extremist. That's the problem here. But you can't get extremism on grander display than this clearly wrong-headed attempt on the part of the Democrats. You really have to wonder how stupid they can be. Do you think that you're going, you got Biden out there like a schmuck on Inauguration Day calling for unity, unity, unity. All he said, unity, unity, unity. Do you really think it's going to unite this country when you have 73 million Americans, 75 million, that voted for Donald Trump who think the election was stolen? You have a poll indicating that 70% of Republicans would consider joining a Trump-led political party if one were formed. Do you really think it's going to heal the country by going forward with this ill-founded and ill-fated impeachment of a former president? We've talked about this before on this program. You cannot impeach someone who is gone. The sole purpose of impeachment is to remove a president. Well, guess what? He's been removed. He left office 12 noon on January 20th. And Joe Biden took office. Trump is gone. You can't impeach him. Now, we know why the Democrats are doing it. They're scared to death of the man. They think he's going to run again. They really don't want him to run again. That's what this is about. And they're hoping to get some type of half-baked sanction or pronouncement that will be legally binding, and I'm not quite sure how that works, that would prevent him from running from any kind of office again. The Republicans, uh, from their perspective, they've got to be really suicidal if they vote to support this. And I can't believe that now six Republicans voted to say it was constitutional to impeach a former president. We had five that said they would would vote to convict him, uh, but now we had a sixth one joining, said it would be constitutional to hold the event. He didn't speak about whether he would vote to convict him. So let's see. We'll see if he actually votes. Maybe he's one that tries to have it both ways. Uh, We'll see if he actually votes to convict. But supposedly, Lindsey Graham, the senator from South Carolina, has been in communication with President Trump. Supposedly, he called him over the telephone and told him that the impeachment is essentially over, that his acquittal is all but assured. They're just waiting for the vote. Now, I'll believe it when I see it, but um, that certainly is encouraging. And when you think about it, there was never a chance, never a chance, that you were going to get 67 senators to vote 
to impeach President Trump. I mean, to convict President Trump. The impeachment, there seems to be some some uh, confusion there on the part of some people, so let me clarify it for you. Impeachment doesn't mean, when I say someone's been impeached, that doesn't mean they've been successfully removed or found guilty. It just means that they've been impeached to the extent that the process has gone forward and the trial has taken place. That is the impeachment. It's similar like to being indicted. You're indicted in a criminal case, but that doesn't mean you been convicted after trial. It just meant they found enough evidence, so they say, to, uh, to go forward with the trial. But to be convicted is another thing. You can be indicted a dozen times. You don't get convicted once. It doesn't amount to a hill of beans. Trump will not be convicted. I do not believe he will be convicted. And I do not believe he's going away. Now, he's been very, very quiet. But that's only because they've tried to censor him. And how sad... A commentary is that on the current state of affairs. We're so sure of our positions, are we, the Democrats? You're so sure of your position? You're so sure of the correctness of your position that you don't even have the courage to compete in the, re- in the arena of ideas or in legitimate debate. Instead, your only answer is to squelch all opposition and all counterpoints of view. You want to shut down Trump because you can't defeat him. You want to shut down Trump because you can't compete with him. You want to shut down Trump because there's nobody in in American politics, either in the Republican or Democratic Party, that has anywhere near the energy of Donald Trump, the vision of Donald Trump, or the following of Donald Trump. And there's nobody that can get up and speak stream of consciousness for 90 minutes and keep a crowd engaged, come from miles around and never want to leave like Donald Trump. He's a one of a kind, never before seen, and I don't think you ever will see someone like Donald Trump in American politics again. And at the end of the day, I want you to try this. I want you who follow this show, when you speak to your friends if you have friends, if you're still friends with people who don't agree with Donald Trump, I've lost a lot of friends over this. I want you to ask them, all right, he can be a little gruff at times. He could be considered guilty of having no filter or minimal filter. Uh, a little abrasive sometimes. But a big heart, big tent, and achievement galore. So aside from the tweets that you don't like, tell me what Trump actually did that was so bad that you find intolerable. Could it be the, the, the children in cages on the border? Well, no, it can't be that because we've already proven, it's been proven, that those things started under Barack Obama. Trump tried to put an end to it. Obama started with the separation on the border. And that's nothing that wouldn't happen here in this country. Go out and drive drunk in your car with your three-year-old in it. Get arrested. Let your wife or rest of your family be unreachable. Your wife's out of the country on business or on vacation. Or if your husband is out in the business and you, the wife, are driving, put yourself in that position. You're the parent. You're driving with your three-year-old son in the car or your daughter. You're loaded and you get pulled over by the police or pulled over as a result of an accident you get involved in. They breathalyze you. You're drunk as a skunk. 
and you maybe have a prior conviction, for whatever reason, you're not going to get DAT. You're arrested, and you're going to go through the system. You think your child is staying with you when you go through the system? And this is in America. You're an American citizen. We're not talking about foreigners who are invading. We're talking about an American working citizen who pays taxes, gets involved in an unfortunate situation, gets caught drunk, and they're with their child. You think the child doesn't get separated from you? They're going to try and make it a legitimate attempt, the police are, to locate the spouse or another family member. But if they can't find a family member, guess what? He may not go to a cage because he's a legal citizen or she may not go to a cage. But she's going to a foster home. She's going to be cared for by someone else. Going to be cared for by someone else until you get out of jail. You're not going to be with your child. So we know that can't be it. Could it be all the wars that Trump got us in? No, because he didn't get us in any wars. As a matter of fact, he ended a lot of them and drawed down the troops and brought most of them home. No new wars were started where young American boys and girls can die. Could it be all of the, um, the uh, lack of peace agreements that he's had? No, it can't be that, because he's had multiple peace agreements, four or five, I believe, with Arab countries and Israel that he personally put through. Could it be because he relocated the American embassy in Israel to Jerusalem, like every president for God knows how long in my lifetime has swore they were going to do, but Trump actually did it. Could that be why they're so pissed off? Could it be because the economy was in wretched shape during Trump? Well, no, it can't be because of that, because the Dow Jones was through the roof. Unemployment was at an all-time low, and unemployment of African-Americans, women, and Hispanic-Americans were the lowest it's ever been since they'd begun measuring those things. So it can't be the economy. Ah, it's got to be the coronavirus. Nope. Can't be the coronavirus either. Trump went right to work on the coronavirus, despite the media trying to tell you he didn't. They wanted to know why he didn't close the borders sooner. But when he did close the borders, when he did close travel to China, they called him a xenophobe. And then a month later, they were saying he should have closed it sooner. He goes, why should I close it sooner? There were no cases. There wasn't a single case. You want me to close it in January? There wasn't a single case? Look, there was mismanagement during the COVID-19 crisis, but it wasn't on the part of Donald Trump. Donald Trump involved the private sector in a way that no president ever would have thought of and wouldn't have had the business connections to do anyway. The production of masks, the production of safety equipment, the speeding along of the development of not one, but two vaccines with a third ready to be approved, all because of action by Donald Trump. Stimulus checks to help struggling Americans. And he wanted to reopen the country. I think he was sorry he closed the country the minute he did it. And he reopened it. There was mismanagement of the COVID-19 virus, but it wasn't at the, at the federal level and it wasn't by Donald Trump. It was by idiots like Il Duce here in Albany, who still, for some inexplicable reason, has a hate on the restaurant business and seems... Uh, determined to put them out of business permanently. Now he's going to allow them to open for Valentine's Day finally at the very generous level of 25%. They cannot survive on 25%. Why can't they be open to 50% like the rest of the state? All these things inexplicable. 
things that no Democrat can defend or can explain. They just say the same thing. Uh, Trump lied. Uh, uh, Trump is worse. The Russian collusion you heard for three, four years. Oh, you're not accepting the results of the election. Uh, Biden won. Uh, No fraud. There was no fraud in 2016 either. You investigated it six ways to Sunday. You didn't stop for four years saying that Trump lied, Trump stole, Trump did this, Trump did that. You're in no moral high ground position to try and tell us or lecture us about what we think we saw, what we know we saw in terms of election fraud. You have no, no immunity. You have no privilege in that area. You squandered it. You got this little, I, I don't even want to say it, even though I'm not bound by FCC regulations, but you have this little twit, this little schmendrick out there in California, Eric Swalwell. He's a lunatic. You ever listen to him talk? The man's on cloud nine, section eight. Talked about Trump being a, a Russian operative. He's banging some little Chinese harlot who's a communist spy who bankrolled his campaign with fundraising, and he's pointing the accusing finger of blame, and they keep him on an intel committee, the man should be wearing bracelets and waltzed out the door doing the perp walk for selling his country down the line. And he's involved in the impeachment of of Donald Trump, the prosecution? Are you kidding me? This couldn't be more ridiculous and more Hollywood than if Hollywood had written this as a script for a movie. It's insane. It's insane. But at the end of the day, when the dust all clears, I still believe that Donald Trump is going to be acquitted. I still believe that Donald Trump is coming back in some way, shape, or form. And if it isn't Donald Trump personally, it's going to be a member of his considerably gifted and powerful family. His son-in-law, Jared Kushner, his son, Eric Trump, his son, Donald Jr., his daughter, Ivanka. The Trump family is going to be a powerful influence in American politics, probably for the rest of my lifetime, because I don't know how long I have left on this earth. None of us do. But uh, I'm certainly on the downside, not on the upside. So it wouldn't be inconceivable to me that the name Trump is not going to be so easily swept out of the American political lexicon as your benighted friends on the left would have you believe. You're going to be seeing the name Donald Trump around for a long time. And it's not just going to be on Trump Tower. Believe me. For National Preview Online, I'm Jamie Dury.